0: It goes down, sack, back at the 11
1: by Messner. Messner is the career leader in, t- in sacks and tackles for losses, at the University of Michigan. Michigan, this time just fights. That description was good. Relentless. He just doesn't want to stop. That concerns. Goes- well, good. Afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway with podcast number 41. In one way, I wish this podcast was number 60, because every time I see that number, it reminds me. And thanks to the YouTube there, I just saw it again flashing on my screen. Number 60, Mark Messner, who joins me. Uh, Mark, how are you? I'm fantastic.
0: I just want to keep listening to that because that just makes me smile and giggle.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Listening to Keith Jackson and then, you know, having him call your games, I mean, I would imagine you go back once or twice and over the years and, and listen to Keith call a game, you know, one that you're playing in.
0: Oh, it, it never gets old. You know, you see these things pop up on YouTube and, uh, you know, games, old games and highlights, and, and I, I get goosebumps every time I see it. it makes me smile, makes me wonder how the hell I did that. Um, because
1: it, I know how I feel now. I'm going, oof, that looks like it hurt me. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, where are you living, and how do you feel now? I live in beautiful,
0: sunny Florida in uh, Sarasota Bradenton, all right. and I, I, you know, I feel great, other than you know being a little tired of all of the, the COVID things and and the, um, I, I'll call it the COVID 19 because it feels like freshman 15. I can't keep. Doing this because there's no gyms to go to to work out in, so I I got to watch my, my my figure.
1: Yeah, well, it's about COVID twenty six for me right now. Uh, I, I yeah. get <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, and, and then the news today. We know we're taping this on. Tuesday afternoon, it comes down that the that the Big Ten, that the the, the Pac twelve, it looks like the ACC, maybe the ACC, at least the Pac twelve, or maybe we'd expect other conferences to follow suit. That there's only going to be conference games. So who knows? Who knows what's in store for the fall? Uh, you know, we we know it's going to. We knew it was going to be different anyways. And uh, who knows if there's going to be games? But you know, it's. Uh, I, I heard Reese Davis, from, in, uh, college football announcer, yesterday said, you know, first week of August, you know they they got to know by then. So like, uh, you know, whether we're all holding our breath or whatever, I mean, anything can happen here.
0: Well, I, I keep, um, crossing my fingers that we have a complete season. I just don't think we're going to have the big house with people. I think that's going to be the biggest issue is how do you, how do you have that many or people like that in the stands? I think you can compete, um, together, um, practice together, and that kind of thing, and, and have games, but I just don't see how it's going to be a fan experience uh, in our home stadiums and such.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if uh, if it came down to that right now, I'd be ready. As the alternative would be no fans and and no players. So, uh, you know, that's <laughs> that's what I would take. I would sign up for that right now. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, when, when you played at Michigan back in the uh, in the eighties, eighty five through uh, through through 88, and, you know, you've got a lot of alls. You know, four-time All-Big Ten, uh, all-time sack leader, uh, most tackles for loss, All-American unanimous, two-time All-American. Those are a lot of uh, alls. But you know what? I was just looking through some of the, the seasons today, and those first two years, uh, 85 and then uh, then 86, I mean, th- those are might have been the, be- the best two teams that you were on. Uh, you know, the 85 team, your first year, you know, it might have been the best one. Ended up uh, ranked number two, ten, one, and one. You know, you you beat. You weren't ranked to start the season, but you beat three straight ra- ranked teams to to start everything out. Like, uh, do you think that was your best team that you played on?
0: You know, I. It's kind of funny. The reason I think that we came out with such fire was because that came off of Bo's worst season ever, six and six. Um, that was my redshirt year, and I sat there and questioned. Oh my gosh, did I? come to Michigan just in time for it to start a decline. And, you know, Bo being the coach that he was, he could sense that there was questions and doubt. And our spring ball that year really typified and exemplified those who stay will be champions because we had we had players jumping like please on a dog, going to other schools, thinking that um, after that spring ball and, uh, that, you know, this is not worth it. We're getting a living... Heart beat out of each other. But he, he what he did was he, he brought everybody together and say we are Michigan. And people are, you know, the fans, other teams think, you know, hey, this this isn't the Michigan like it used to be. This, this is the decline. This is when we can get them. And they took us for granted. And we were as high and as fired up and as confident as we could be as a team. And then we just hit some people in the mouth right away, especially on the defense. And I don't think we gave up a touchdown in 85 for like six games before the first touchdown got across that line. And, you know, we just, we played with some tenacity. And I I think that's really what happens, that you you either think somebody's really good and they disappoint or somebody's not that good and the players take offense to that. And when you have a great coach, because there is really no bad team, it's bad leadership, you have a great coach and you bring them together, it works.
1: Yeah, and that was, you come out against Notre Dame, you go to South Carolina and in, in, in Maryland, you know you had to feel good there, uh, and then you're ranked. It was just that, it was the one game, but when you talk about one game, that was uh, number one versus number two in and in a two-point loss. You had a tie in there as well. You know, you, you start thinking about it. I do. I'm sure Michigan fans do. They, they look, if you had the modern system, you know, if you lose one game to the number one team on the road by two points, you know... And you end up number two. And to figure that uh, you'd have had a shot at a college football playoff there.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt. And, and you know, the flip side of that was my senior year when we, you know, <laughs> we're early ranked tops and everything, and we lose at Notre Dame and should never – you know, Gillette doesn't miss a 38-yarder or a 40-yarder. Uh, we miss, and we come home to play uh, you know, Miami – and um, defending national champs and, uh, you know, at home, and we beat them like a drum and we turn around and blow a 16-point lead with three minutes or four minutes to go. We start off 0-2 and then don't lose another game and beat USC in the Rose Bowl. We should have been national champs. We had no reason losing those first two games.
1: No, you lost them by three points combined, and and you're right. I was watching uh, during this uh, pandemic, I I watched that that Miami game, and yeah, you guys were 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 rolling them, and there there was one. You know the interesting thing about watching that so many calls are now dissected, and they go to replay and everything else. There there wasn't really one mention of any call in that game until late in that game. I think it was McMurtry on a third down, uh, catches the catches the ball, but it's right in front of Jimmy Johnson, and he influences the referees. Like you know, no, he's bobbling, he's bobbling it. One guy called it a catch. One guy called it a bobble, but yeah, man, you guys—that uh, had to be tough after that one, because you guys really did have you. You had Miami, and they had the longest non-conference win streak going. Everything there, and you guys uh, had them at home and had them down.
0: You know, we you know, we really had them, and uh, we went into prevent defense, which you know <laughs> we didn't like that as a defense defensive, especially me as a lineman. You know, three against five was a pinball, and given. Steve Walsh, a bunch of time to throw to people like Cleveland Gary and, and, you know, a number one pick with the Rams, throwing to people like that all day long and picking us apart. And all we needed was a first down. Don't get it. Oh, my gosh. Onside kick. It'll never happen again. And, and <laughs>
1: oh, man, it's so frustrating. Yeah, well, I could tell, you know, it, it still is. You know, back to 85, I was watching. I was either watching I was watching one of those Notre Dame games that uh, that you won. So it might have been 85 and uh they, they go over there you had the offensive coordinator and Gary moeller defensive coordinator Lloyd Carr the coach Bo Schembechler. I mean all the coaches right there uh, you had them all as the coordinators huh. and the head coach right
0: we had them all and gr- the greatest coaching staff we had a great a great team with talent um you know the captains were you know a little bit off maybe myself and by Ah! kidding <laughs> <laughs> but um You know, that, that was probably one of the biggest challenges was keeping the team confident in themselves when you start off 0 and 2 and think you can, you know, our, our original objective is still in play. We win the Big Ten Championship. We win the Rose Bowl. You know, those were our goals. Um, we never really put our goal as a national championship and trying to keep everybody focused and, and believing was one of the biggest challenges I've ever had as a leader. And, you know, I think John and I, um, holding that team together is, was was an amazing accomplishment because you always start questioning yourself when you start off zero and two and you're the senior leader.
1: Yeah, and you 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 come back in the in the last game against the USC, you, you get there against the Rose Bowl it was uh it was Bo's, uh you know, second from you know last season there, but and his last Rose Bowl win and I, I saw a picture and it was you in that that visiting Rose Bowl jersey, but on the shoulder pads it's got the rose bowl and it's got the block M. you still have that jersey I do sweet. I
0: absolutely do
1: Yeah that's pretty sweet I, when when you see that I know they they put rose bowl or they put the roses or they put a patch on there but not like on the entire uh, shoulder pad I thought that was yeah, we, I thought that was pretty cool
0: Yeah they had they had those completely completely done they, the two jerseys that I made that I kept um, our that one and the Fiesta Bowl because they did a great job with our Fiesta Bowl jerseys, too. They had those um insignias on the shoulder pads rather than just a patch, it was really fun.
1: Yeah, well, you had a great game there. You're the MVP, too, so that was pretty good. You know, the I, I talked about that first year where you you lose uh on the road to the number was number one versus number two in Iowa, and I, I was looking at that 86 year. Uh, you were also up there pretty high, ranked number two. And I don't know if you call it this, but you know, because I, I don't know if you're, you know, every day, you know, uh, over the years when you go through the the schedules. But but people, Michigan fans call that the Ricky Foggy game when you guys when you lose to Minnesota. Uh, Did you? Is that what you guys call it?
0: I well, I just know that we I think we were undefeated, and that was the uh, last game at home, I think, and Raymond... And Ricky Foggy, we couldn't we couldn't corral that guy. He ran around like a jackrabbit, and he just he put it to us. He just made he frustrated us all day. And that kick, the kid kid nailed that kick in the end. And I laid on the field. I laid on the field in disbelief when that was done. I couldn't believe of all teams that we lose the jug. uh, We lose our last game at home. Uh, You know that we didn't do that very often losing at home. So yeah, that's tough.
1: Well, speaking of, I just. It talked about some of the, the future coaches there and, and Moeller and Carr as the coordinator, uh, the quarterback in that game, that 86 season was, uh, was Harbaugh. Right. And the, after that game, that is, uh, that was his, his famous, uh, guarantee against Ohio state, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that is very, very true. He said we were going down into Columbus and he guaranteed a victory because we had just lost, you know, the, the last home game for our seniors. And I think it was, you know, that was his senior year. So, um, you know, he went down with a bunch of confidence, and that's the kind of leader that he was. He said, "I'm going. We're going to go into Columbus, and I guarantee a victory." And Bo, I lost his mind in the full team room that that was in paper, and all he could do was talk about how Ohio State's going to have that wallpaper in their walls, get them fired up.
1: So you you go in, you you lose the game. You know, you're laying on the, the ground there. Yeah, it's it's the last home game. You're the number two ranked team and it was, it was did a, Harbaugh, he, did he say it in the locker room or then he but then he said it to the reporters afterwards and then you still had to deal with it in the in the team room that day before you know you you were done
0: but well, no i think he did it um in the media on sat you know on saturday or sunday yeah and when we came into um into the facility on on sunday to to watch film oh yeah it was all over the newspapers and bo just he doesn't like ammunition <laughs> no. and you just, you know, he, he tried to make sure that we didn't um, players didn't uh, provide any, any motivational material to the opposing team, uh, especially the Ohio state um, personnel. And that one was a, was a really big one because you, you just that's uh, intense enough rivalry in a game, no matter what, what is ranked, who's ranked. you go into that one, it's um, you're both ranked number one. And uh, you come out hopefully alive. And he he gives a comment like that. <laughs> he had a lot of confidence in his teammates, so um, we had we had to back him up.
1: Well, you did, and you know the the four years that you played there. I was looking, you know, three and one against Ohio State, three and one against MSU, and so really good against the uh, rivals. And then two and two against Notre Dame, and, and three and one in bowl games. I mean, there's. Pretty good all across yeah. the board there, you know. you got to be proud of all of that. But, you know, the rivalry yeah, games, I mean, that's what you're looking for. Big Ten championships, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, we had two two Big Ten championships and, and the rivalry, um, you know, the only time we lost to Ohio State was when they fired Earl Bruce in our house. The only time we lost to him. And Michigan State, uh, you know, I, I can't exactly recall um, how they did it to us. Um, but I know the following year we paid them back. Um, because it was uh, oh i yeah it was when jimmy broke his arm uh, that's when we lost to him i think right is that one
1: 17 when 11 yeah um, that's right uh no jim was done in 86 so then but did he did he come back in 87 and break his arm and then that's when you had to go with the backups there
0: no, i can i can't remember exactly but i i did tell it was michigan state that uh, um i think he broke his arm in but yeah it's just uh, you know Winning those those rivalry games um, were such a um, an intense scenario for us that we we did not uh, those those games are games that you didn't want to lose. Me being from Michigan, born and raised, you know seventy five percent of my my friend group were Spartans. So if you lose to them, it's three hundred and sixty four more days before they shut up. So. Wow.
1: Yeah, so you're born in Michigan, Riverview. Is that where you grew up, too, where you always have your eyes on Ann Arbor? Were there other schools in the mix? How did that work?
0: No, actually, I mean, I grew up in Heartland. Um, so born, I was born in, I guess, Riverview Hospital in Trenton is where I was born. But I okay. long as I can remember, I was in Heartland, Michigan. I think we moved there when I was five. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I never, I never – was a diehard Michigan fan or a Michigan state person, or, you know, I just, I was, uh, I never really thought much of it because I didn't think I was going to be anything other than a student. I just somehow um, turned on the jets in high school and, and got noticed and and was able to pick, you know, the five places that you're allowed to go visit. And um, those, those were eye openers. And what really brought me back to Michigan was the fact my dad had cancer and And um, he came to every game Uh, shoot. He would go, he would even go to Indiana and watch. Um, He just never, never wanted to miss a game. So not being at home that he wouldn't see games. So I said no to um, UCLA after I had committed because it made me realize uh, he won't see me play much if, if I'm out in California. So I said, well, I'm going to stay home. Michigan's in my backyard what a fabulous university education I may never play because they have all Americans two and three deep Uh, high school, all Americans two and three deep. I may never see the field, but at least dad will be able to come to games and, and uh, hopefully see, see the field once in a while. So that's, that's really why I I chose Michigan was because uh, my, I wanted my dad to be able to see me play.
1: Good pick. You know, you're a big 10 player of the year in 88, four time all big 10 and, that's uh, about as impressive as it gets. You know, you mentioned that redshirt year when you're you're when you're going and you're in uh, training camp and you're just uh, on the scout team or whatever else. Did you have a feeling that that following year that hey you could play and that you might be able to start and and I don't know about the success that you could you could have or you end up being a first team All Big Ten performer as a, a freshman. What'd you think about that? What do you remember?
0: Well, it's it's funny because you know my whole freshman year I backed up. Um, Jim Snarcelli and, and uh, Rodney Lyles uh, as an outside linebacker, a stand-up outside linebacker. So that whole year, that's what I did. And it wasn't until spring ball that they said, hey, um, uh, Kevin Brooks um, graduated and off he went and we need a defensive tackle opposite of Mike Hammerstein. So they moved me down um, to, you know, the be the defensive tackle in spring ball and every day I went against Jumbo Elliott. And um that was something that probably was the turning point in my career because when you're going against someone like Jumbo every day in practice learning the position, you learn what not to let a big offensive lineman do. And that's get you. So (laughs) I learned how to not let those big guys get an undersized me. And they said this is our starter And, you know, come the first game against Notre Dame, you know, the guy I was going against wasn't near what I was going against every day in practice. So all of a sudden I'm playing well because the guy I'm going against in a game is less than what I go against every day in practice. So I was able to to win and not get caught, not get, get beat or run over because I was trained against someone like Jumbo.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. And you you mentioned Mike Hammerstein. That was uh, quite a duo there in the middle. You guys uh, as a one-two punch. There was another game with. I knew I was going to talk with you this week. I, I watched that that '86 Notre Dame. I didn't want to. You know, I was looking. You know, you you have all these these good years, and then it ultimately, you know, you, you sit around and I just oh well, you lost the you know they lost the game to to Notre Dame, or oh you lost those first two by by three points when you're a senior. So I wanted to go back and, and watch some of the wins there. You, you beat uh, Notre Dame and Lou Holtz's first game. And, you know, they got Steve Berline, they've got Tim Brown, and they were running the wishbone, but they were throwing out of the wishbone. But you guys got some turnovers late in that game. What, you, do you remember that one? That was 86, Lou Holtz's first game.
0: Yeah, that um, it was funny because um, Bo, because he came from Minnesota and, you know, Bo in the in the full team meeting room in that preseason, you know, tells us about Lou Holtz going to Notre Dame because Lou Holtz was a son of a gun trying to figure out what that guy's going to do at Minnesota when he didn't have near the athletes. Now he's got a bunch of athletes and we got to deal with the way Lou Holtz is going to play. It's going to be a war, boys. It's going to be a war. And it was. He was he was ready for someone like Lou Holtz to get their arms around the talent at Notre Dame. So, he had us not, you know, not even thinking that it was going to be a transition year for Notre Dame because they had a good leader with Lou taking the helm.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that and that ends up being uh, a fantastic game when you go through that one. When you you get a chance, uh, you, you get to the Rose Bowl and you lose to that John Cooper team. But you know, your final year, the the senior year, I mentioned that was Bo's last Rose Bowl win. Uh, that had to be a, a dream exit there for you. You win the Big Ten, you get to the Rose Bowl, and then you go out there and, and you beat USC and you, you get it done for Bo. Uh, Got to remember that game, huh?
0: That, you know, being your senior year, you never know with Bo, when, you know, when he was going to hang up his, his whistle. But, um, you know, for us, many of us, the seniors, we had done really, really well for Bo and you know his, his bowl victory record wasn't all that great so he loved coming home with, with a, you know a bowl victory and you know USC had, was stacked I mean Rodney P Junior Seau uh, you know just tremendous talent and, and Michigan State had been to the Rose Bowl the year before and beat USC so now they're, they're really not happy that they're paying, playing another Michigan team in, in, their, in their stadium in their, or their, not their stadium but in their home backyard um, but, you know, we come in and, and we beat them. So now two Michigan teams in a row beat, um, beat the Trojans. So, you know, Bo was really going into the third year thinking he's got their number. So we were just thrilled to be able to, to um, hand him that trophy. And the joy in his face and his voice, um, both coming off the field with the media and the fanfare, was a memory I'll never forget. I had a very cherished moment withholding that trophy and handing it to him as the captain and him hoisting it over his head was amazing absolutely amazing
1: yeah you know one thing about bo you you knew how much the ohio state game meant to him and you knew how much the rose bowl meant to him even when he talked about it you know he just he revered it but he would you know have a little more snap in his voice there and then he didn't have uh the the great success out there but then when he finally won one it was awesome and then to be able to hand him that trophy to know that was going to be his last one but that that was awesome there there's no there's no doubt about that when it when it comes down to you know bow and the and the Rose Bowl there i mean that that is is pretty awesome you know the uh the other thing i wanted to ask you about is that the 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 college football hall of fame you've been nominated before you're nominated again the voting this week just went and they uh concluded it i don't know how exactly how all of the voting works there but you go through a few times looking at the you know the history of the of the hall of fame and and then you know you you that's how, after a few shots you know you it seems like if you know you you have the resume you know you got a pretty good shot at, at getting elected there but now, when I go through the, the, the resume here of four-time All-Big Ten, Big Ten Player of the Year, you know, sack leader at Michigan, all those things, unanimous All-American, two-time All-American. I mean, the, you know, the credentials are there. you, uh, you got to feel good about, you know, in the, whenever it happens in the summer or, or fall, if, you know, if, they're, if it's still going to happen, you know, talking about the, you know, the, uh, the Hall of Fame announcement that, you know, your name could, your name could come up this year.
0: You know, it's, it's one of those, it's such an honor to even be on that ballot, to be recognized that, uh, you know, the, the number of players that are eligible and play college football, and then to have that down to 70 people that they would like to, you know, potentially recognize as, as being um, capable of being in, in the hall, is just an honor to be at that point. Um, you know, I don't know the the voters and and who's voting and things, you know, you have some people that have tremendous NFL careers and here they are on the ballot for, um, the college hall of fame. And what you remember is their NFL career, but were they the college player? And then you have players that you've never really heard of going into the hall of fame that never really went on in the NFL. So it's, it's really strange to to know how do they do it and, and how do they, um, ultimately make those choices and, and the balloting process. But uh, I really, um, I really, be. I mean, I'm just uh, humbled at being on that ballot now for a couple of times. And, you know, it's, it's like the publisher's clearing house, someone shows up at my door and rings the doorbell and we're standing there. Um, I would certainly be it if that were to happen in 2020. It'll, it'll be a, it'll make 2020 ring a little differently with me than it has so far with with what the whole world has been dealing with so far in 2020.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, good luck to you. You know, got your fingers crossed there. Do you watch a lot of football? Saturdays roll around in the fall. I know this year we don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, in, in previous years you you taking in some games. What are you doing down there in Florida?
0: Well, I tell you, I that's what I absolutely love is college football and especially living where I do because I can sit there in the pool and watch college football in November. It's amazing in that kind of environment. And then, then you start getting into bowls, and, and I'm still having a wonderful time not freezing my tail off and, and still have some, some color on me. So, you know, it, it's a great place to watch football, and I, I absolutely cherish um, college football season.
1: Well, you you got like the uh, the uh, a good reminder. Was it this past year? I think you went to the Michigan Notre Dame game. That was like that that Ooh. big time downpour and everything, right? Is that the game you went to?
0: Man, yeah, so that was that was fantastic to be there for that. But I tell you, I had um, clients with me, and they were all from Florida, and um, they didn't know how to handle the the sideways, almost snow, you know, thirty five degree weather. Uh, it was brutal cold, and, and fortunately, it's one of those where you you, you smile at a couple of right people, and they have suites upstairs, and they say, "Come on up, we'd love to have you in the suite." Why? Well, think I could handle it if I had to stay outside and watch it all day? But uh, no, it was it was a great game to be at.
1: Yeah, it was. I don't know if I would have wanted to. I don't know if I would have wanted to be on the sideline. I'll just stand in there for that one. I am like you're playing, it's different. You know maybe your broadcast oh, yeah. and it's different but man that that really was like I was under a tent just walking to the stadium I was like oh man I felt for the fans yeah. that were there for that one.
0: Absolutely that that was I mean if you were a Notre Dame fan that had to be absolutely horrific because they got hammered by us and it was horrible weather. But of being Wolverines And knowing that that's what, for like, I don't know, 13 years? It's the last time we're going to play in for like 13 years. That's a pill they got to taste for that long. (laughs) I'm glad we won.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I kind of wonder with the news today about uh, the the Big Ten and the the Pac-12 going to just conference games. That leaves Notre Dame without playing. They were going to play Wisconsin at at, uh, Lambeau Field this year. Of course, they always play USC. You know, you wonder where that leaves them, where if other – if other leagues follow suit, you know, maybe the, the ACC will let them in because that's where they are. But yeah, you, you always wonder about, you know, the, the whole Big Ten Notre Dame thing. And, and and the Big Ten does seem to bend over backwards, always just waiting for them to join or anything. You wonder maybe if this is, could be the, you know, the time where Notre Dame says, OK, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, I wonder about that part with what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> that makes it real tough when you're virtually independent and you're not really a conference team. And oh, they're all saying conference games only. I guess you're gonna you're gonna watch watch a whole bunch of football then, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Wait
1: a sec. Maybe they'll play all the MAC teams and everything. That everybody else, Arkansas State, and they'll they'll go anywhere if they can. Well, hey, Mark, uh, we appreciate your time. We certainly, uh, you know, just looking feel good about you. You know, getting that knock on your door. So we're uh, we're looking forward to that for you. And, fingers crossed, and it's always great to, to catch up with you. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast.
0: My pleasure, and, and uh, I really do appreciate the support. And uh, especially when you, you throw a few of those uh, play-by-plays, the old, uh, the old-time stuff—that's a lot of fun to hear. So I, I appreciate the support, and as always, I'm honored. And uh, most importantly, go blue.
1: All right, thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. Take care,
0: guys. Bye, man. There he is.
1: they are going to play another one for him. For the Buckeyes
0: at their on 41. Try to snow. And Messner's Messner. there. Yes, sir. And that is another tackle for loss. He only needed two to set a school record. He needs the one more. Now, here's Mark Messner. Mark Messner.
1: Here he is right now. See him make the
0: move underneath. Now, the guard, in this case, Davidson, overreached in trying to hook him. And he's quick enough to go underneath that. All
1: right. Uh, there it is. Thanks to YouTube and Keith Jackson and, of course, Mark Messner there for, for joining me here on the podcast and mention it, uh, the, the news with Big Ten going to only conference games and maybe the other conferences will follow suit here. This is something where... You know, the first thing you think of, well, all right, is the Big Ten then going to play, you know, more Big Ten games? Uh, you know, you, you also think about teams like Arkansas State and then all of the Mid-American Conference teams that play Big Ten games and how much they rely on that payday for not just their football team but for their other, their, uh, their other sports and, you know, man – You know, and it looked like Rutgers was going to play, like they play a non-conference against Monmouth, which is right there, but they're going to travel to Nebraska. So, yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yesterday, the Ivy League canceled the, uh, you know, fall sports. Ohio State shutting down voluntary workouts after multiple positive tests. And, you know, like um, I was listening to Reese Davis in an interview yesterday, and you know, Reese said if you'd have asked him two, three weeks ago, you know, how he felt about the chances of playing football in the fall, he said he felt like 95%, percent 95.5, And then yesterday he put it at uh, 70%. And then, you know, you just don't know with uh, as the days go by here. And he's the one that said, you talk about a, you know, drop-dead date or anything else that first week of, of August that, you know, they'll ultimately have to make a decision whether they're going to play or not. And this is one where – you know, it gives you some flexibility if you you look and you're Michigan. They don't play. You take those non-conference games out there, out of there, like Washington and in Arkansas State. You then look and they don't play Wisconsin until the the 26th of September. So maybe that does push back a drop dead date in August. You know, if you're thinking, well. And it was only last month where I heard Ward Manuel, the Michigan AD, said, well, we'll know sometime around the 1st of July. You know, now we're here, and I'm taping this on uh, the 9th of July, and they wipe out the non-conference games, and then you're looking at around, you know, the end of September, maybe this gives them, you know, a couple more weeks. Well, I think it does. It does give them more weeks to to think, uh, you know, about – just playing these big 10 games or where they could push them back, all those different things. All right. Thanks to Mark Messner for joining me here on the podcast. That was fun. I like Mark. Who doesn't? Michigan fan. I hope everybody has – it's been a hot one. That's for sure. Everybody has a great day, great weekend, and uh, I'll talk with you this weekend. I have an all-star Saturday. Special guest on Sunday. If you subscribe to the podcast, you get them on Saturday – Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you're just catching this one for the first time, you can see them when I put them on social media. I do that the following day. So you get them on like a Wednesday and get them on a Friday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I put that one on Saturday, anyways. But if you subscribe, you get them on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. That sounded confusing. All right. Thanks again. Take care. We'll talk with you soon.